welcome back to the Wine Out Loud podcast. I'm your host, Shani, and I have my co-host here, Sarah. How are you doing this evening, Sarah? I'm good. I am a little sad. Our first recording didn't work. So you are hearing kind of the second version of the same episode, but I am also staring at that bottle of wine and I would like to try it out. (laughs) Yeah, so like Sarah said, this is our second recording. Our first recording didn't quite go as planned, but you know what? We are going to learn from our mistakes because we are human (laughs) beings. Um, So again, for those who don't know, we are just a podcast that talks about our lives, the things that we think and believe, and just, we kind of look at the view of the world through a more feminist viewpoint. Um, Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's accurate. But again, it's just literally talk about things that we think are important. And of course, the other part of it is that we rate wine. On this show, we also, we drink wine, we rate it, we talk about it, we recommend it, or so far we haven't not recommended a wine. But I'm sure that will happen at some point in the future. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't watched the first episode or pilot episode, not watch, I keep saying watch. If you haven't heard the first <laughs> pilot episode, uh, please go check that out. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Um, yeah. So to start us off, um, I have picked the wine for this evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have heard the first podcast, you will understand that Sarah has lots of rules when it comes to wine. Recommendations. She says rules. <laughs> I'm, I'm altering that. <laughs> um, but based on those recommendations, we are sticking with white wines right now because it is spring. Yeah. Um, so the first, this wine that I picked up was, it's called Vibrant Vine, and it's from the Vibrant Vine uh, Vineyard. Uh, this bottle in particular is actually called the Whoops Bottle. Uh, the funny story behind it is that in 2012, they... Um, had been making up their wine that year and one of the employees had placed the shrink wrap label on upside down but he really liked the way it looked so he continued to do that on every single bottle and sub subsequently subsequently he uh they ended up winning the platinum award that year mm-hmm. um and then they went on to call it the whoops bottle mm-hmm and it's a really beautiful bottle. It's beautiful. It's almost, um, reminds me of stained glass. It's got like kind of a blue background with sun rays in the front. It's quite, uh, it's quite nice. Yeah. So let's get started with tasting this. Although, again, like we said, this is our second take. So we've already <laughs> tasted it, but we'll, we'll pretend like we haven't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's give this, I'm going to give my brain a little. You know, it's still pretty good the second time around. Um, yes. <laughs> so this wine, it's just a, it's it's a general white wine. Um, there's, um, it's eleven point five percent. It's very, it's very crisp, and it's very. It's actually not as sweet as yes. most wine, white wines are. And there is a hold on. There's a bit of a fizziness to it. Which I wasn't expecting, because it was just a white blend. Um, so personally, I'm not partial to... I don't like champagne, I don't like pop, I don't like fizzy things. Um, so I was I was really not expecting that. Yeah. Um, I think that it's... I, I, <laughs> I have to admit something. I picked this wine specifically because right. I have... <laughs> I love this wine. 
Uh, so I'm a little bit biased on this. That right. being said, I do think that it is a... It's very clear. It's very crisp taste. It's not too strong. It's not too sweet, which a lot of people complain is a problem with white wine. No, it's diff, and, and that is one of my... So I'm... Uh, if you guys did watch the previous episode... Watch. My God, we have something, man. If you listened to the previous episode, you'll know that reds are my favorite because they are the best kind of wine. And my opinion. That's an opinion, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so uh, you'll get an honest, probably right review here, considering this is... Shani is one of her favorites, and whites I'm not partial to. That being said, I do appreciate the fact that it's not very sweet. I'm not a fan of a very sweet wine. This is something I could very easily drink with. Hold on. Mm. I think this would be really good with fish. So, like, like a lightly battered fish taco, you know, with some coleslaw on top, maybe. Mm, some sushi, even, perhaps. And I really want sushi now, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that being said, and it does have a bit of a tartness to it, which I appreciate. Um, I think it's I think it's pear, but it could very well be apple. But the last one we had had apple, and it doesn't quite taste I the same. Yeah, I wouldn't say, like, green apple. I, I think you're on the nose there with pear because of the more subdued sweetness of pear, and this is what... I'm getting from this as well. Again, we're not wine connoisseurs. No. We are very amateur. We just drink a lot of wine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is like your lazy man's wine rating. For sure. <laughs> Don't take it to heart. <laughs> uh, but on our, 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 our make-believe scale that mm -hmm. we made, I would probably give this a 7. Yeah. If I'm being biased, it's probably closer to a 9. But because I'm realistic and I know that everyone <laughs> likes this wine, I would say to the general public that this is just about a seven. But what if someone does have your tastes? Oh, a nine. 100%. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I would agree with that seven. I think a seven's a good number. A seven can be dressed up, you know, kind of feel like an eight. Uh, but a seven can also have a lazy day and like look like a six, you know? So um, I feel comfortable with that rating, a seven. All for the personification of wine. Yes. <laughs> you can dress it up. Uh, so where we are in Canada, and I think the majority of the world, at least North America, it is Easter tomorrow. Um, yeah. And it got me thinking about do you celebrate Easter? I do and I don't. So I, I've never celebrated Easter uh, from a Christian perspective, other than when I lived with my host family, who, who were Catholic. Um, and that was just a really awesome time. But I mean, my family has never celebrated it religiously, but we did. So, okay, so I'm not sure if this is like a French thing or if this is just our family thing. So let me know, or if anybody else does this in our families, let me know. But what we would do, so here, you guys, so the, the, the parents, the Easter Bunny goes into the backyard and hides all the eggs, and in the morning, the kids go with their little baskets and they pick up all the eggs, yeah? yeah? Yeah. So what we did is we would paint, or we would, um, what is it called? Suck out the yolk. Yeah, we yeah we push out. Well, I'm gonna suck. <laughs> we yeah we we'd empty eggs, so we just have the eggshell, and then we'd paint them beautifully. And um, then I'd go around the house and I'd hide them. And during the night, the Easter Bunny would come. He'd be very pleased as an egg 
decorated egg connoisseur, and he would collect my eggs, and as a gift, as a token of his appreciation, he would he'd leave, you know, like, chocolates and socks and stuff. And uh, I remember thinking, well, my God, we've just come on. To, it's like a gold mine, you know? Why don't we just paint, like, two dozen eggs and just hide them all? I would tell my mom, we can be rich, you know? Uh, but my mother, knowing what's going on, <laughs> no, you get six eggs. <laughs> and it's funny because when... I discovered all of those things, Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy, the Easter eggs. My mother had kept, and still to this day, I'm 100% sure, has still kept some of her favorite eggs that I painted because they're they're emptied, so she, they could just keep forever. And that's how I found out the Easter Bunny did not exist, is because she showed me all of her eggs, my eggs. How disappointing. Yeah. So that's what we do for Easter. <laughs> and I think that you say that, but I think it is, there's, there's, a, there's a variation of it here in Angle. Eagle Canada. Eagle Canada. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I know of families that do that. Yeah. Um, but it, I guess it is, the, the the goal is to go find the eggs and then you get something. Yeah. Rather than the, the East Rudder switching it. Um, it's so funny that you talk about uh, how your mom kept the eggs and yeah. like everything. And you talk about when you discovered that the Easter Bunny wasn't real. Oh, no. I'm actually curious about... When did you stop no, believing? Don't in, ask me that. <laughs> when did you stop believing in the uh, make-believe uh, characters uh, from like Santa okay. and the Easter Bunny? I'd like to preface this story by saying that I am a very imaginative, uh, emotional, sensitive soul, and therefore I really liked believing in magic as a kid. I also um, had a grandmother who pounded these ideas into my head, and. So I like to preface this by saying the age at which I stopped believing in these things may surprise you. <laughs> um, so what happened is I was 12 or 13, perhaps. <laughs> and <laughs> let me tell you a story. I was cleaning my room, as one does when they are a preteen. And when I was younger, my mother had gifted, or my mother, sorry, <laughs> I'm just reading the story. Santa Claus <laughs> had given me a drawing pad to, to, to draw in, and he had written on the front page a letter to me from Santa Claus. But now, but I was like five when I got that from Santa Claus, and now I was, you know, seasoned. I was 12. And so I'm cleaning, and I find this, and I'm like, oh, nice memories, and I open the front page. And I couldn't believe my eyes. I go into the kitchen, right? I got my drawing pad. I slam it on the counter. And I'm like, what is this? And my, I think my mom was cooking or something. And she's like, what? What do you mean? And I'm like, this is your handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> she looked at me. And I think at first she just kind of didn't react. And then she sort of sunk and like laughed. And she was like, oh, sad. <laughs> I, I have some things to show you. And so she decided to take my youth from me that day. And she went to her room. She showed me all of my teeth. Because I... Like, I was just asking about Santa Claus. I wasn't asking about the whole thing. So she showed me my teeth. She showed me those eggs. Um, admitted fully to, to being the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy. The audacity. The audacity to take my childhood away from me. Although I, I, and I don't, and she could, she might have to corroborate this. I do remember her saying something like, you still believed that? And I did. I, and, well, okay, so I don't know if I believed, believed, but there was a part of me that just 
didn't think my parents could lie to me like that. <laughs> they just, they couldn't have fooled all of us children, you know? That just was too unrealistic for me. It was more unrealistic than a man coming into my house and giving me gifts. I like to believe that if they'd ever told you, you to this day oh would still God. believe. <laughs> I'm going to be waiting with my kid like, yeah, he comes. Comes he, every I'm night. I'm so excited for you to experience this. Um, Santa Claus ever comes. <laughs> it's so funny that, I mean... I mean, I'll admit, twelve to thirteen is a little it's bit a little too old. old for... I know, I know. But I would think that I stopped believing very young, actually. Like too young. In compared to like my peers, absolutely. How young were you? I was six. Oh, that is a little. And it's because I caught my parents. Ah. Yeah. And that's not fair. It's not, but like they stole your childhood. But I like it. Never really bothered me. I was like. I just, like, maybe I wasn't so into the mystical as much That's as you true, were. I really like magic. wasn't super whimsical. I, I still would talk about Santa, even though I knew he wasn't real. But I, the idea was always, like, I still kind ah. of accepted it, but I knew it wasn't real. Did you ever at any point get nervous that if your parents caught on that you didn't believe in Santa anymore, they would stop giving you gifts? No. Oh, did they know that you knew? Yeah. Oh, it was like a, okay. Yeah. yeah. And at a certain point, they just stopped, well, they never stopped pretending they still read Santa on the gifts. Cool. And Fun. I never questioned it, but like, yeah. I always knew that like, no, it wasn't a real thing. And maybe I, I was just very cynical as a child because I was like, there's no way a man can just travel the whole freaking world in one night and give everyone gifts. How does he get down the chimney? What if there's a fire? Like, it just never made any sense to me. Okay, so we have idealistic and realistic. Realistic, yeah. Um, it's funny, though, thinking about that and, like, the age at which you stop believing. Yeah. Um, if you were to have children in the future... Would you instill that belief in them? Holy heck yes. Oh my god, not only that, okay? Fireflies are fairies in their bug form when humans are looking at them. That's another one. Okay? Birds. Birds fact, are guys. The, Yeah, the birds are the mounts of fairies. That's why sometimes they fly in weird patterns and all together, because it's the fairies controlling them. It has nothing to do with bird migratory patterns. Um, um, definitely Santa Claus. Definitely, for sure, real. Um, actually, I was recently discussing another thing that I will really explain to my children. So Shani really likes to rearrange her kitchen. Um, to the Can't point... you're bringing this up. I am definitely bringing this up, because <laughs> this is something I'm going to tell my kids, and I'm so excited about it. And it just she just likes novelty. She rearranges things. We all know someone who does this. But that means that every like third or I mean pre pandemic, we know I don't this is anyway. It's only every three months. Uh, yeah, yeah. Every exactly. So every like second or third time I come over, everything has switched around, which can be a bother, but now she's got a label maker, so she's gotta keep things where they are. So what I decided I was gonna tell my children is that well Shani is a witch and she's enchanted her, her spoons and her forks and her plates and because they also like novelty every couple months they just like get up and walk around and take a take a walk around the kitchen and pick a new place to live and that's what I will tell them. that's one of the things I will tell my children about you I wonder how devastated they will be will they be as devastated as you were when they find out it's not real if I do my job properly yes <laughs> it's so funny um I, too, don't think there's any harm in the whole Santa thing. It gives children a, a sense of wonder and curiosity. And, yeah. Uh, however, I do think 12 is too old. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's funny that you say that because my husband, mm. he's a sadistic motherfucker what? that he is. 
I love him dearly, and I thought this idea was hilarious. But he wanted to take it even a step further, and, like, when they were, when our children are hypothetically born, he wants to take a picture of, like, them out near a fake alien crash site. Oh, my God. And then hide the pictures so that they find it later. <laughs> I'm in. I will corroborate the story. And he wants them to, to believe that they're actually aliens from outer space. And I was like, this is so cruel. But also hilarious. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that uh, something I've learned from my parents anyway, or other parents, is that you do have to take small pleasures in slightly traumatizing your children. <laughs> I swear we're good people. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. And so sorry about to the, um, the holiday idea and this whole memory, like, mem- a lot of my memories of holidays are from when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't have memories of like, the last couple years, but they just don't have the same significance. Like, honestly, after I stopped being a kid, Christmas kind of lost its appeal. Oh. For me, anyway. Yeah. It's not as exciting, and maybe that's because I have to do all the work now. But, <laughs> um, I it kind of got me thinking of, like, what is your, like, earliest childhood memory? Uh, my earliest... Oh, okay, so, and this is, the reason I know this is my earliest is because there's, my mother, I'm the, I'm the only born, so obviously there's 10,000 pictures of my childhood, um, and she's got a picture for absolutely everything, and she's scrapbooked absolutely everything, uh, but there's no pictures of this, so I know that this is from my brain, and uh, my parents had built for me a type of, uh, a blanket fort labyrinth kind of thing that I had to crawl through and there are streamers and there's like flaps and stuff and and at the end of the maze there are these little slippers that are, are a gift for me and um I remember thinking oh my god this is so cool and it was so big and it just took me forever and I was telling my mom this and she was like hi it was like four chairs <laughs> like it was tiny. <laughs> but in my head, I remember feeling like I spent hours in there discovering and going through. And that's my earliest memory. Everything is so much larger than life as a kid. Um, yeah. And as someone who works with children, I see this all the time. Kids definitely uh, take the really small things and just, like, blow them up and, like, make them so much more bi- more exciting. Same. Sometimes I wish I kind of kept that mentality, but I think as an adult, it's just not possible. Because we live in a cruel world. Oh my god. I feel like I still have that mentality. I love taking little things and making them You do. And that's why you're an idealist and I'm a realist. <laughs> um, but no, my, my earliest, I have two early childhood memories at the earliest. Um, one is flying a kite with my father. Um, for those who don't know, my, my parents are not together. I have a stepfather. Uh, but this is with my actual father your bio dad my bio dad um he we living we were living in lethbridge and he had an apartment um across from his like giant field and i'm pretty sure it was by u of a uh, not u of a whatever the love you of university of lethbridge um uh, we're just out in a field and i was just flying a kite and the reason i know the this is my first earliest memory is because I've never flown a kite in my life since. Okay. <laughs> I That was literally the only moment, so I don't think I could have made it up, or and if I did make it up, yeah. wow, what an imagination. Because yeah. it's so vivid. I can see the color, I can see the color of the kite, for one thing. I can see the sky. It was almost like if I was, like, in a movie. That's how clear it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one else remembers this memory except myself. 
Um, which then brings me to the second memory that I think happened literally within the same year. Um, my dad took me to a Beauty and the Beast play, like on stage. Um, and I remember sitting in the seats and I could see the show. The only actual memory I have of it is the show is on stage. Uh, Belle and the Beast are dancing in their ballroom scene. And that's the only scene I remember. And it just like sticks out to me. The music's there, the colors, again, it's all so vibrant. Uh, and yet my mother doesn't remember this at all. So I'm just like, sometimes I wonder if I made it up, but I, I don't think I did because of just how there's nothing else in my life like yeah. it. And I don't know how I would have made it up. It's just so vibrant. And you know what? I, 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 my mother might not know about it because we yeah. had kind of separate custody, sort of. Like, my mom never really hung out with my dad and me, mm -hmm. oddly enough. Um, so I'm just wondering if that's what happened. But yeah, those are my two earliest, earliest memories. I, I have mm -hmm. other ones after that, but like, most of them I think are just being reconstructed by me looking at pictures of myself. It's hard. That's something I've... Not that I would say I've struggled with, but like I said, because my mother is such an avid scrap or was an avid scrapbooker, um, I've also she's also built these narratives around their pictures, right? She's got little words, like little mm -hmm. of what happened that day. So sometimes, like you said, it's hard to know if a memory is my own or it's a memory that's attached to the pictures that I've seen with the narrative that was written about that time. Yeah, for but, sure. I mean, I got some like memories too that no pictures were, were taken of and they're quite clear yeah for sure i definitely and then i have ones that were pictures were taken and they are clear still like i have other yeah. angles in my head yeah um <laughs> i remember my mom hosted a the one thing she was really freaking good at was hosting birthday parties like this woman could plan a birthday party like <laughs> no other woman uh and when i was a kid i think i was about Five or six, because I was in elementary school, so I had to be five or six. Okay. My mom hosted an Arthur birthday party. And for those who don't know who Arthur is, he was literally like a Canadian television show about is an artwork. It is Canadian. Oh. French, French Canadian? No, it's just Canadian. I, I'm not sure. But yeah, Arthur was a Canadian show. Very popular in the 90s. Yes. Um, and I loved that show and the books. And I had a board yeah. game. Yeah, and I had all these things. I was like so into the show. Um, and she hosted me a Arthur birthday party, and I remember it so distinctively because I helped her make the pinata, I helped set up the room, uh, we made individualized invitations with pictures of Arthur on it, I had an Arthur birthday cake, um, and it was, it's so vivid that, like, it's one birthday party that's actually the most vivid birthday party I've ever had. Wow. It was like... I was allowed to invite two boys and two girls. Ooh. That was what I was allowed to do. And I think I invite... I don't remember who I invited, but... <laughs> there's pictures of them. I don't remember their names yeah. <laughs> at all, but... Yeah, it, it's just so interesting. The memories that your brain holds on to. <laughs> yeah, like, I have one very clear one. So I was... I lived in a really small town for a while in Saskatchewan. Like, 300 people. Very, very small. Um... And to the point where all of us kids would sometimes, like, literally all play together outside. And one game we really liked playing was Cops and Robbers. And it was always very exciting when you oh, were yeah. a, a robber, because then you got chased and you were a cop. And, it was, and nobody liked being 
Who wants to be a cop? Why exactly. I'm so bored. <laughs> Nobody wanted to be a cop. And there was one particular game where I was a robber and I was very excited. And so we're all running around this town and it starts pouring. And I remember it was just raining and I decided to go hang out or to go hide out. It, so one of my friends, Brody, had like a dollhouse on the outside of his house, but it was huge. And I decided I was going to crawl in there and hide. Actually, I can't tell now if it was, I can't remember if it was a doghouse or a dog dollhouse. I think it was a dollhouse. And I crawled in there and I was hiding in the dollhouse. And I was like, this is so smart. No one will ever find me. But it's just pouring and pouring. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, what a great time I'm having with all my friends. We're... And I think that everybody went home when it started <laughs> raining. But I thought I was outsmarting everyone by staying in this doll. I think I just left after a couple hours. And wow, that's commitment. For yeah. sure. Well, I thought I was just like, I was winning. I was winning the game. I was winning. <laughs> I won. But I just, I yeah, I remember the the good good feeling. Regardless of the weather, regardless of not even being found, I just remember very, very good feelings. Maybe, I, I guess that's more why your brain holds up, holds certain memories stronger is because the feeling that they list, whether it's positive or negative, because really positive yeah. uh, memories stick, but so do super negative ones. Yeah. Um. So I guess, I'm sure there's a scientific reason for it, but emotion really solidifies a memory. Okay, well, we're two psych majors. Like, we could try to figure this out. <laughs> we could. Okay, here's what my theory is. We could check on the internet after. I think that when you go through a very emotional period, like you just said, either positive or negative, your brain releases a lot of cortisol, regardless of positive or negative. And I think that a sudden release of a lot of hormones in your brain is what enables you to better remember that. I think there's an interaction there. There are things That's... I would rather forget, though. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, Fair. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> the one in particular that I think comes from my childhood that I would really love to forget is... Oh, there's so many. My God, actually, now I think about it. So <laughs> between the ages of, like, 7 and 10, I was just, like, a little shit. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would not... I don't, <laughs> was so funny. Um, but <laughs> I remember that when I was living in my first apartment with my parents, I I had this thing of, like, lashing out when I got mad. But okay. not, like, physically. I would just do something stupid. Okay. So, it's not the first time, but I got mad at my mom for something. I don't remember what it was. It was so unimportant. I think she wasn't going to let me watch TV because I need to go do something else. Right. So, we lived on the second floor, um, but it was like, you know how, like, there's, like, the sub, the basement floor and then the first? Yes. So, it was not really the second floor, but it was, a, the balcony was, like, the second thing. Um, so I went out on the balcony, closed the door, locked the door, and jumped off the balcony. And it's not very high. It was about maybe five feet. Right. So, I just, like, hung down and dropped down. And I was fine. Right. But then, here I am, I'm outside. Yeah. I can't get back into the apartment because I don't have a key or a pin for pin. And my parents don't know that I'm outside. And so I'm just standing there. And in our complex, we had, like, little grass areas for, like, children to play. And, like, so I was just sitting there. Yeah. And I was, like, dawned on me. I was, like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> and it didn't, it took about 30 minutes for my mom to realize that I wasn't in my room. I was outside. And she was, like, where is Shetty? And she comes out. She's, like, what are you doing? And I'm, like. I jumped off the balcony. Okay. 
And I can tell you now that that was not the first time I used jumping off the balcony as a reason to escape some fight I was having with my family. <laughs> I did it again at another location. Like a reverse Rapunzel. Yes, I'm always trying to escape my tower. <laughs> just, just calming down. But yeah, it, it's those are the memories that I would love to forget. Okay, I have a memory that I felt initiated by you saying balcony. Oh. It's not one that I remember. This is something that's solely been told to me by my mother. I just feel like I should share it. So, uh, so when we were living in Quebec and our we had a front porch and then the kitchen was kind of in the back and very often in the summer my mom would just keep all the doors open and she says at one point she was in the kitchen doing something and she could hear this like and I think I was probably like three three years old not older than that <laughs> she could hear this little voice like just yelling like ah! and she just she's like what is happening so she just waits for a second and she just listens and She's like, what is happening? So she goes, she walks into the living room and goes to the front porch. And apparently I'm sitting on the porch, my little legs dangling, you know, through the, what are they called? The ba- the, the barrier? The, the barrier, yeah. The, yeah. Whatever, the, yeah. the stilts and the, the stilts or whatever. and the fence thing. And I've got my head pressed against the bars and I got my legs hanging out and I'm just yelling at traffic. Penis! <laughs> just... Penis. I'm just, my mom's like, you're just yelling to your heart's content. <laughs> penis. <laughs> so she quickly asked me what I was doing, and I just said, penis. <laughs> so she brought me back inside, and she thinks, it's probably the, the week that you learned about penises. <laughs> wow, you learned early. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My parents were very pro-sexuality, very pro-body like body sexuality and I don't stuff. Think my parents ever even talked to me about genitalia. Oh, my parents. I, I have this awesome book, this amazing book, literally for, for toddlers, for babies, about your body and kind of the sexual things that will eventually happen to it, I guess. Oh, sorry. It's funny that you say that. What did um, you just think Maybe of? we can end on this topic because okay. I don't know if we can continue talking after. <laughs> I never had a conversation with my parents, but I had friends. Who were a little bit more knowledgeable than I was. But when I say, not by much, they were not much more knowledgeable. I had a friend, and her name was Rebecca. And we, I don't know how, we were about seven or eight. Right. I don't know how we got to this conversation. She told me that all boys have trucks and all girls have garages. And when you get older, okay. the guy, the trucks go in the garage. And that's what she told me. So then I went home and I asked ah, my mother about gosh. it. And I said, so daddy's truck goes in oh, no. a garage? And she was like, what? <laughs> what did you just say? So I don't even think they really acknowledged it with me. They didn't, ex- didn't correct me. They no. just said, we don't say that. And I was like, but till this day, I still have this like image of like yes penises are trucks and vaginas are garages absolutely and i was just like it's so the weird it's just so weird the things that we remember and then we think why the heck were we talking about that when we were kids or anything like that um yeah i it's so odd i i can't even like Imagine what I will remember ten years from now. I, do you, Do you think that sometimes? Sometimes I'm sitting somewhere, 
And I'll say to myself, oh, I really want to remember this moment. I'm going to think about the way the chair feels on my back or the way that my heart feels or the way that I, 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 I like to encode certain moments like that. My grandma once, she told me about this study, and I still do this, um, that when you're having a good time, something you want to remember, you touch a specific part of your body, um, always the same part. And I remember we were sitting on the back deck looking at the stars, like we always do, and I chose my heart. I chose that whenever I'm having a good moment, I will touch here. And maybe, I've never told you this, but I think now you know this, you'll notice I do this a lot. Thinking about it, I yeah, you like absolutely this. do that yes. all the time. Yeah, and I, it's interesting, I've actually never told anyone that, <laughs> but, uh, and I think my grandma, like, chose her wrist or something, and, um, but yeah, that's something I do, and I don't know if my brain will be able to remember all the times that I said, please remember this moment. I, unfortunately, I don't have, like, a search function, so. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, we're not computers, exactly. Uh, yeah, but... so if you've got a really good holiday, because that's how we started this conversation, that <laughs> <laughs> you want to remember, maybe use that trick next time. Pick a yeah. part on your body, make it appropriate, please, that you'll go ahead and touch every time you want to remember a good moment, and then that becomes your... Little remember yeah, your touchstone. Sure. Yeah, I think that's a great way to end that. Um, so yeah, uh, really, I think that this whole the, today's topic was really just about memories and a yeah. lot of memories form around holidays and and I'm sure that uh, you guys will probably form this year will still probably stand out. All the holidays this year have been so strange, so they probably will <laughs> make a mark in your yeah. memory. Um, hopefully positively, but you know. Anything. It, it, we're probably going to remember this year very well. Um, so with that, you know, thanks for joining us. And we really hope that you guys will continue to w listen to us. We're, I mean, again, we're just starting out. But if you think we're funny, just, like, take a <laughs> listen and everything. So that's it for us. And we hope you have a great Easter weekend. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.